Hey guys, thanks for joining this episode of the Start at Diary podcast where we talk about how we're trying to become better managers doing one-to-ones and the learnings we've had in the last two weeks. Enjoy. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 301 of the Startup Diary. I am Harrison Mudge, and I'm with my neck-stretching co-host, <laughs> Adam Callow. I feel a little bit sore today, eh? I can see you limbering up. I'm ready for this show, that's all. What, what you sore from? So, last week... Is that treadmill we've been talking about? Go back to the episodes, guys. Some context in that. So... We're going off tangent straight away, but let's just do Hit this. It. Let's have a couple of minutes, Age. So, how you been, bro? <laughs> I feel like I've not spoke to you all week. I'm sore. So, for anyone that doesn't know, and I don't know why you would know, to be honest, is <laughs> I'm doing a charity MMA fight. And what I've learned about the MMA compared to the boxing I did two years ago is these guys are serious, <laughs> like very serious. And they've done MMA for a while. So MMA is like stand up, but then you've got like judo and all that. Long story cut, extremely short, is 34 people started this thing that we're doing, this white collar MMA. Fight is on the 5th of April. Probably, when does this go live? This will go live on fight day. Keep speaking and I'm I gonna will I'm going to keep talking. You. you load up the calendar and I think this will technically go live this will be after the fight. This is after the fight. Yeah. Sorry, I got excited. So when you won, when I so won. when you lost, just covering both there. I can edit that. <laughs> edit. One. <laughs> <laughs> so it's got judo and all that stuff in, and there was mixed martial arts. Exactly. MMA. Thirty-four people started. Forty. We're down to fourteen people that are still saying I'll I'll fight. <laughs> can still walk. <laughs> and there's all different shapes and sizes of people doing this. And the last time we did the sparring, we got rotated through everyone. They're like, do two rounds with everyone. Basically, I got into the ring with a guy called Frank. Okay, Frank's about eighteen, nineteen stone. I am not. I am thirteen-ish, twelve and a half, thirteen stone. And so light. Frank was a great guy. He's done MMA for a while. And within the first 30 seconds of the round, he puts me in a hold where he's basically got my neck in his biceps, his legs clamped around the reverse of my body, and he's arching himself back while pulling on my throat, mm-hmm. getting me, trying to get me to tap. And like 30 seconds in, he's like, Adam, tap. I'm like, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like laughing as he's doing it because he's a big guy and he's 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 genuinely being a, a good sport about it. But he's just continually yeah, upon- yeah because you he's seriously outweighing you. He outweighs and I guess me. He's, and he's is got he experience. taller than you as well? Yeah, most people are taller than me. Not that I'm a hobbit, but most people are taller. But than like me. A, someone who's six foot that weighs eighteen stone is going to out proportion you in many 100%. ways. Hundred <laughs> percent. So he's got me in this lock, and he just like he's smiling and he's just easing it on longer and longer and longer. And he could have he could have easily made me tap, but he just enjoyed the fact that I was being stubborn. Anyway, the next day I wake up, I feel like my neck is two inches longer, and I'm just I'm. Do you know when you turn and you turn with your shoulders? Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the Frankenstein. I was I was doing that, and and in terms of like the height thing as well, is in the second round that we had to fight. I tried to jump on his back. And you know, like when my, my kid, like when Riley's five or Reggie's like three, when they jump on my back, I can only imagine that's what it looked like when someone was watching. <laughs> like the guy who's matching us up and he, the reason we rotate around is so we could get matched up against people. He must have just thought as a child in that ring jumping on Frank. Wow. But yeah, so that's why I was stretching my, I'm trying to just stretch my neck a little bit. Is Frank savage? 
No, he's a, just a gent. He's, okay. a, he's a nice. Who's the uh, who's the the the, yeah. the um Pablo, the untamed beast. So God's honest truth. There's a guy there Pablo. called Pablo who they they ask him to come twenty to thirty minutes earlier than the training session to put him on the bag and take the steam out of him. Um, <laughs> the, the exact words the trainer used was. <laughs> he fights like he's sniffed off his face wow. like he fights like he's on drugs and he wants to kill someone the, the guy has just clear I'm not Pablo I fucking hope you don't listen to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> the guy clear, you better hope you're not fighting him <laughs> no he's, 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 he's he'll probably fight Frank because of the size of the two wow I'm like okay. oh Frank um, but he's, he's clearly just got issues Okay. Like he's signed up for MMA for a different reason to most people, but fair play, he's and doing is, it. And is this his first time around as well, or is or is, has he been doing this? All? Don't speak to him. He's liking. His, <laughs> I don't ask these questions. He's liking <laughs> a section of the gym, like okay. uh, that, that is just like. So he, he, he while we're all training, he goes and does his own weights. He's the sort of guy that picks up like dumbbells and just punches Boxes the air. With them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. So he, I guess yeah, he's 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 channeling what is pent-up frustration or whatever in, in in a good way rather than pounding people on the pavement in the street. Exactly. So He, he does it in the gym. 100%. A, so credit, <laughs> in an organized fashion. Credit to Pablo, mm. but yeah, mental. Um, Harry, that was a nice little tangent. We don't do that very often, do we? Today's show is a Friday show, Adam. Yep. And there was no poll. Out of design. So normally what we do is we <laughs> Of course put a- it was. <laughs> yeah, hey, don't you worry, guys. I meant for this to happen. Watch me this get is, through this. You see age. this blank canvas. <laughs> Let's discuss what your vision is. So normally we put a poll into the Facebook group. And if you're not part of the group, head over to Facebook, search for Startup Diary Club and join. We've got 160 amazing people in that group contributing every That's day cool. to help each other. So normally we put a poll up with three things that have happened in the previous week. Mm. If you are just tuning into this podcast... And you've made it through the MMA talk, fair play. Um, <laughs> it does get into business. If you're just tuning into this podcast, what we are trying to do is share what it's like on a weekly basis to build a startup. We answer some listener questions. We do some research to help people on the show. But every Friday, we sort of do a throwback to what we've learned that week. So when I was looking at it, the last couple of Friday's shows have been fairly focused on one topic, which is all around me being the bottleneck in the business. Mm-hmm. And then secondly is changing workflows and processes. And then we touched on Mazzy's triangle around me trying to become a better manager to help people uh, have a more esteem within the business and know exactly what they're coming in to do yeah. and how they can win or lose within the org. So what I wanted to do was, while that's still top of mind and I'm still trying to navigate that and get better and build process, I thought it might end up being a nice, whether it's a two, three, four, five part Friday series which is the thinking behind how we're trying to improve management styles and the team morale. Cool. So I wanted to just take people on that journey. And if something else comes in, we might segue across from it, but I'm gonna just kind of try and pull this back into how me as the founder are trying to build the team, build the process in a way that scales and removes me from being the bottleneck. So the goal of today's show is gonna be to speak about one-to-ones and the fact that last year, with all the best intentions in the world, I wanted to do them regularly and they didn't happen. Um, I mean, we had one one-to-one, so I mean, draw a line under that. I think, I think that'd Check be classed that as your <laughs> annual review <laughs> compared to the one-to-one, which again, didn't happen for everyone in the team. So the people are listening think, what the fuck am I listening to this podcast? This guy's a clown. Uh, I thought I was supposed to learn lessons. This, this, is, this is the learning curve that we're on, people. So... 
one-to-ones. So this show, I want to explain some of the learnings that I've done to help people that listen to the show, whether you've got one staff, 50 staff, 100 staff, or whether you're thinking about taking on your first hire, I think one-to-ones are hugely important to implement. Yep. And then Harry, I guess from your side, just to guess, give the listeners some context is as we build the company, we had a, a really good chat last week or the week before, can't remember, around your... <laughs> Friday. Was it Friday? I think it was Friday. Uh, yeah. Was it last week? Yeah, it, it was, was last it, week, wasn't it? Was it was last week. Where we were trying to establish where you were going in the company in terms of like mm-hmm. your career path. Because there's, there's two things for you. You're a creative guy. Uh, you're a creative manager at Expert Trades. But one of the things that's in that title is a manager and we needed to make a decision. Are you going to step into management or are you just going to become the best creative? And there again, there's no right or wrong. I just wanted to go for a walk and a talk with you to understand where your goals are Mm. because as a business, we'll end up looking more like an agency in the next 6, 12, 18 months. And it's making sure that we build the people in the team that report into me that then have their own direct reports. So you're learning to become a manager at the same time that I'm trying to improve becoming a manager. Scary scary stuff so we'll roll through this and it'll be sort of like a what i've learned so far mm-hmm. and this might be a nice way for us to be doing me what i learn helping you mm-hmm. ask mm-hmm. some comms so let's get into things that i've learned around the importance of one-to-ones and why you have them so firstly three reasons why you have a one-to-one firstly to build relationships so you've got people within your team that you need to not just on a transactional doing tasks, you need to know exactly what's going on in their head. Secondly, is to offer them support because people within your team need to feel like if I'd have a question, there is an open line of communication with my manager to get stuff done. And by sitting down with them semi-regularly is you create an open line of support with your direct reports. And then thirdly, probably for me, most importantly, just from an organizational point of view, I know the relationship's super important, but it aligns the team. So we do our all hands meeting and I think that has gone extremely well Mm -hmm. with actually snapping the whole team into here's what matters and here's the level of focus. Just on uh, the building relationships thing, um, is it, uh, what's the best way to ask this? Obviously you want to build strong relationships in in the company, but how personal, how, how much of your personal life does that, sort of bleed into how much of their their evenings and weekends do you need to know about like should you keep it super professional and it's like i don't need to know your personal troubles at home um i just need you to come in and do your work and know if you're gonna make deadlines or not or do you go to the point where you do know the family tree and you know that there's been a there's been whatever's happened at home in their personal life that's now affecting their day-to-day like what's the on the spectrum of knowing too much and just keeping it strictly professional, where do you sit on that? Awesome question. I think what I'm learning about the one-to-ones is someone listening to this thinks, no, no, you're a business owner, keep it professional. It's mm. all about the day-to-day jobs, what needs to be done in the business. I don't agree with that because I think what's happening in someone's personal life will always take priority and impact how they operate within the organization. What it doesn't mean is that you go and pry Mm. so what we what we do and we'll get onto a little bit later is how I open up all my one-to-ones with how are you feeling what's going on yep and then you use that as a question to not direct it around work just to get an idea of how the person that you manage is feeling mm. and then you start to probe into that to really understand what's going on in that person's life 
the end result that you want to happen, it's not going to happen within the first three, six, 10 sessions, is you need to create transparent enough communications and trust with the person that you manage that if something is going on in their personal life, they need to be able to tell you. And I know that there's something like, oh, personal life should be left at home. Mm. I don't fall in line with that because if someone's having a really hard time at home, they should be able to speak to their manager about it because their performance might drop. They might start acting completely differently to how they have done in the last three, mm. six, 12 months. But if you don't know why, as a manager, you can't help. And it doesn't mean that you become a therapist for them. Yeah, I think what the, the where my head was at with, with that was the concern that if you end up getting too pally-pally, yep. then it's it's becomes harder to crack the whip, in air quotes. Um, like if, if a deadline's getting missed and all of a sudden they're your busy mate, it makes that conversation harder. So I guess it's like, how do you take an interest in someone's personal life without becoming too much of the friend zone as opposed to the manager i think rather than thinking about taking an interest in your personal life what i'm trying to do is uncover is mm. there anything that's happened in your personal life that is impacting how you get on at yeah, work makes sense it's not hey harry what do you do at the weekend like we shoot the shit all day in the office cool mm. to keep that out of the one-to-one but it might be harry i've, I've realized that you've been like 15 minutes late every day mm. for the last five days shit what <laughs> serious talk now Harry you've been late 50 no, uh, can you just do me a favour can you explain why that's happening yeah. and you might go into oh it's traffic it's this and then you can really try and get to the bottom of it that's the sorts of yeah. personal stuff that we're digging into and it's all around something's going on at work it's having an impact on the business yep. I need to understand what's happening behind the scenes because is it you're incompetent or is it there's stuff going on Okay, that's yeah, yeah. great seriously great question though Oh, cheers, mate. Yeah. Cheers, boss. So I guess one of the things just to cover off is the thing, some of the resources that I've been learning from are from a new piece of software we use. We used to use something called Lattice. Um, I mean, use is such a strong term. Don't get me started. It had a, this is, I'm not going to bash the, the software. Long story short, it didn't work the way we wanted it to mm-hmm. and it didn't work sometimes the way it should do. Uh, and it was fairly expensive. Uh, so it's like a minimum $2,000 commitment. Uh, so Jeez. we've recently, I went looking for another service. Because what I didn't want to do was have a service that's rolled out and it's all about performance management, employee relations, basically showing the team in a proactive way that I'm there listening and taking my, my role as CEO manager very seriously. That didn't work. What I didn't want to do is just cancel that mm. because it would have just shown the team, oh, the software didn't work. It's not a priority. Whereas it's a huge priority for me to make sure that you guys have those one-to-ones, have those quarterly reviews, have those 360 meetings. So we moved across to something called 15.5 and this is not an advert for 15.5. We have no idea much about the company. We are in the process of trialing that software. But the idea of the whole 15.5 principle is that an employee spends 15 minutes a week answering a couple of questions that a manager will take five minutes to understand and then off the back of that can create a one-to-one agenda that actually drives some value for both the manager and the employee. So 15 minutes for the employee, five minutes for the manager, which feels like a good ratio of how stuff should take place in the work. So manager's job is to leverage the time of their direct Mm. reports to get some more stuff done. So we jumped onto 15.5 and part of that, they give you resources about how to conduct better one-to-ones. And normally I kind of don't read that stuff, but part of my learning right now is actually I need to, I need to take time and get better at becoming a manager. So 
We're going to go into some of the stuff that I learned from the resources provided by 15.5 about how to have an effective one-to-one right after this break. So you've been taking these masterclasses on one-to-one management video. What are they? Are they videos or are they articles? Or A combination how? of like blog posts, slideshows. I like the PowerPoints. Slide okay. Yeah, I like the PowerPoints. I digest information fairly easily and they're well done. So what... What have, you, what have you learned so far? Has there been anything that you've been doing where they're like, don't do this? And you're like, shit, I've been... <laughs> a co- uh, generally a couple of things. Um, oh, okay. So I guess the first thing is, is making the time for the one-to-one, putting it in the calendar and making sure they don't move. The same mentality we have for our all-hands meeting now. I don't book meetings in on that day mm. because it's so important to the business. If you're booking time into your calendar to have a one-to-one with your direct report, and it's in the calendar and you as the manager start moving it about or cancelling it, yep. it's the biggest indication to the employee that they're not that important. So job number one is make sure that you don't cancel meetings and at the end of every meeting you have the next one booked in. So then you're on the same page and you've got your expectations set. Second thing is, is the meeting is for your employee, not for the manager. Okay. So that is an opportunity for the employee to bring what is on their mind, their actions, their struggles to the table and the manager's job to uncover it, okay? To help. That, that's quite interesting actually because when I actually think about any of the one-to-ones that I've had or the quarterly meetings, not not specifically expert trades, but in, in companies in general, it's always felt, and maybe it's just because it's never been said like, hey, this is your chance, um, but it's always felt as I'm just gonna go and sit in a room with my manager for 15 minutes and he's going to speak to me he's going to ask me how I'm getting on and then I'm just going to answer the questions and just tell him if I'm okay how I'm feeling and it'd be a very like he's asking me and quizzing me whereas when you phrase it like it's my opportunity to get something across to the manager that's it feels like a very different conversation 100% and I think what we're trying to do as a company now is make sure that the team understand that. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of ways that you do that. Is one, you ask for an update of the previous actions ahead of time. Because what this isn't, it's not a status update. It's mm-hmm. not me saying, Harry, there's these seven items, give me an update on them. That's not what this time is for. You can give me an update on your actions ahead of the meeting. The key thing is, is to actually allow the employee to set the agenda themselves. Mm. Because what that force, so if I say, Harry, we've got our one-to-one next Wednesday at two o'clock. In 15.5, there's this thing where you can add actions to the agenda. Please make sure that the agenda's filled in before we sit down to talk, everything that's on your mind. That is forcing you to forward think, come prepared with some of the stuff that you're thinking about and you want to get, you want to basically tackle during that meeting. That's cool because like like I say, it's, it's, it's making it from just a 15 minute conversation with your manager every so often to an actual, like a working meeting where you can potentially get something achieved, whether it's through, whether it's a, a role that seems to be having an issue and we, we need to just talk about it because I feel like I'm doing more work than, than the team or, or whatever, whatever the subject is, I think as a platform, it's, it's, it's cool, yeah. And from a manager's perspective, it means that you have a set time in the calendar where you know you get to voice your opinion Mm. or raise your concerns or your frustrations around a certain part of the business. And for a manager, that's amazing because it means you're getting all that done in a condensed period of time. It's very time efficient. So the alternative is I'll get an email off you about a problem. 
and I'm like, I can't deal that right now. I'm mm. I'm I'm busy. Like I manage, I'm busy, and then all of a sudden you don't get a reply, then you don't feel valued. What this is doing is creating an opportunity within the the calendar of shit. I'm not happy about this, or I'm struggling with this. I'll add it to my agenda to pick it up in my next meeting. So you have like this this fixed time thing where you can vent, not vent, vent's probably the wrong word, it sounds negative, but you have a period in time where you know you can get it off your chest, which will take it off your concerns until that comes into play. I also think you can catch something early as well. So it's like, hey, we've just started doing this, but I'm, f- I'm feeling it's not working right now. Again, whatever it may be. Um, can we speak about it? Whereas what will happen is the what, when you get the email saying this shit is broken, it's gone too far and then everyone's pissed off. 100%. So and that's the exact risk of when you don't do one-to-ones, quarterly mm. meetings or annual <laughs> reviews. That's what happens is everything kind of gets to a point where it's nearly at breaking point and mm. you hear about it after the damage yep. is done. And then you're actually trying to like fix the problem. What's that state? That was that saying that I'm trying to think of like prevention is better than a cure. Exactly. Think about it like that. To pull it back in terms of making sure that it feels like it's for the employee and not just about getting status updates. There was a couple of really good example questions that you can ask as a manager. So there's there's four examples in there, which are, the first one is, what challenges are you facing? Because this is not, what are you doing? This is where are you struggling? How are you feeling about your workload? Is there anything in your work that's causing you to become frustrated right now? And the last one that I'll end every one-to-one with is, is that anything at all you need from me right now and if i condition that as the last question it brings people the mindset of yes i need x y and z and what it also does it sets expectations of in between this weekly or bi-weekly please don't ask me to do stuff <laughs> in a ni- in the nicest possible way um on that one i would say i think that question is too vague because it doesn't because it's because it's an immediate what do you need from me right now yep and it doesn't necessarily imply the type of thing that you're offering. It just says, what do you need from me right now? I was like, well, right now I don't need anything. Or like the question is a bit open-ended from my perspective. So I think one thing to to bear in mind is like the, the, what we're doing right now on the podcast is we're sort of applying context and having a conversation. Like if we've had a conversation where you're saying, to be honest, I'm like, I'm really struggling right now with my machine. Like it's just, mm. I can't export that. And it means that like a two hour export is taking my machine up all day because it's just so old. Like, Harry, is there anything I can do right now that's going to help you with that problem that we've just spoke about? A, so it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, re- it's related to what you've been speaking about in the one-to-one. Yeah. And as a manager, you've got to apply some context to it in terms of some common sense. Like mm. if you've raised some concerns in your head, you'd be thinking, what can I do for this employee mm. right now? Because you're going to have these every week or bi-weekly is you need to show some immediate results to support your employee because if they bring concerns and problems to the table it's not just for them to bring it and vent it's for them to actually get a solution if you just get into the habit of oh Harry what are you struggling with and you give me four things I'm like oh that's great see you next week mate like all of a sudden yeah, it's your role to try and read between the lines and then hopefully fix or present solutions to what's been raised in the previous one to one. There was a great there was a great phrase in the some of the resources and it says as like a summary, the goal of the one to one is to uncover personal and professional challenges. That's the opportunity to understand mm. what's going on and then become solution focused to actually help fix those problems or remove those bottlenecks in the business. So that's the goal of your one to one is to create that safe space. And 
in terms of frequency, we're probably going to do them bi-weekly to start with. I don't want to set them weekly. It's just, I think it's unrealistic. Um, so bi-weekly, I might even start them every three weeks just to sort of get myself into the rhythm and not overcommit. Mm. I'd rather bring it in tighter than push it out. Yeah, I think we I think we all do quite a lot that having a weekly meeting, yep. as, as crazy as it sounds, would almost interfere with other things. And it's And it would almost be too soon that it's like, my biggest thing right now is that I'm spending 15 minutes to half an hour every week having this conversation rather than finishing my projects. Exactly. When people are thinking, oh, 15 minutes, half an hour doesn't sound long. If you're the manager in this situation, you've got six to 10 direct reports, you've lost a day. Mm. Okay. In terms of like the planning, the actions off the back of it. And it's a lot of time. One thing I'm learning is I need to dedicate more time as a manager because I should leverage the team better. And one of the things that you need to focus on in the next six to 12 months for you as you build a team underneath you is ensuring that you find the time to manage and not just do the work because you're used to just coming in and doing the work. Mm. So that's what we're doing. There's a lot of learnings that have gone into place in the last two weeks already. One thing that I actually did last year when we started to do these one-to-ones because for a period we did them every week for like six to, and it just was like, fuck, I can't do this every week. And there's not enough context and things to talk about every mm. week, like you said. But one thing we did was go for a walk. Uh, and I actually really enjoy that because we're sat opposite each other right now. And this kind of creates a, a very formal experience. Uh, whereas this is needed sometimes, and most of the time it'll be like this, we'll have a chat and a one-to-one to go through stuff. But in 15.5, as well as what I did last year, is it says just go get out the office and go for a walk. Because it's really nice going for a walk with your employees is because it kind of puts you side by side naturally. I know it sounds odd, but rather than sitting opposite, you go side by side, you go for a walk and a talk. And what I found already is you get a better, you get a more open and fluid conversation because you're walking together and talking. Mm. And like it seems to naturally remove the barriers because it feels like you're naturally aligned. You're walking side by side and it's like, what's going on? How are you feeling? We're going for a walk. And it just seems to make it flow compared to a list of questions that we're going through every two weeks where you're thinking, oh, I just need to get back to my desk. Like mm. It should be considered a, a an opportunity for you to get your message across that's structured, but you get results off the back of it. That's sort of where we are right now in the learnings around, around one-to-ones. Are you looking at any other resources to enhance your managerial skills? Yes, a couple of things. So one, I'm looking for some new podcasts. So if there's any recommendations from the community around management, um, there's a couple of books that have been recommended. I think one of them was a 20 minute manager. Sounds fucking perfect to me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So so there's a couple of uh, books that have been recommended. Online courses, I'm not a big fan of. They, 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 I don't feel like I take the information or trust it. So I think they're a little too textbook yeah. scenario. I think one, one of the things that I'm, I'm doing more of is trying to reach out to my network and ask for help. So if I can see that someone's been in a role where they've managed a team, uh, specifically in a young company, because I think there's different dynamics as you grow. Like a corporate manager is very different to how we manage. I'm not saying we won't end up there, but I kind of need someone to understand the pain points that we're going through right now. So mm. reaching out to people within my network to, to basically ask for advice. And that's one of the great things about this community is we get to connect with some awesome people. So there's that. And then I'm also looking to put me and you and other people in the company that will end up being managers into onto some courses. Mm. So I think you, there's a lot you can pick up in a book. There's a huge amount you can pick up 
spending time an hour with someone over coffee, but actually going away with other business owners on a management course it sounds very formal, but I honestly think it will drive probably the most amount of value in the shortest period of time. Mm. Do they have those courses in like somewhere like Hawaii or Miami? <laughs> <laughs> They do that, don't they? They're, I'm sure they do, AJ. I'm very sure they do. Okay? Jesus, here we go. Next episode from Miami. No. Uh, you heard it here uh, first. So that, that's what we're doing. It's going to be a process for us. And I guess just to throw back, and again, I'm going to put that shout out. If you run an agency... And this is all about reaching out and asking for advice and help. If you run an agency uh, where you're doing uh, marketing or creative work for your clients and you've got 15 plus people, you've been around for over three years and you turn over at least over half a million, please, re I know there's a lot of criteria in that, but I don't want to waste my time. Uh, I'm looking for someone that has been in business for a while, has a process that's nailed uh, and I can spend some time with to basically learn and understand how you're letting workflow take place within the organization. Because there's two things that I'm on right now, and this is what the Friday episodes are gonna be about, is one, improving workflow and process in the organization. Looking forward to having Alison potentially on the podcast, or at least coming in to help me with that. She's the process queen. I need, Alison, quick note, I need to work out the process I need before I roll you in to execute on it. So we'll go into that once I do mm -hmm. some learning. So one, process, remove the bottleneck, and secondly is making sure that I can become a better manager. So that's what the Friday shows are gonna be about. Super interested to hear your feedback on this episode, guys, especially you people within the community over in Facebook. Let me know what your thoughts and feelings are. Harry, anything else from you? No, mate. How do they get in touch? Join us on the Facebook group. Just search Startup Diary Club. Just search it. You'll find it. If you have a question and you're not in the Facebook group, get in there. But if you want to email it in, <laughs> all you need to do is email questions at startupdiary.club. That email address is questions at startupdiary.club. Fire them in. We'll answer them on the show. And if you've made it this far, Harry, roughly what time are we on right now? Like 30 plus minutes. If you've made it this far, guys, please take... I've got edit notes as long as my arm. <laughs> <laughs> please, <laughs> please head over to your podcast player of choice and leave us that review. It means the world and it helps new people find the podcast. And when we see those numbers go up, it inspires us to keep doing the show. Thank smash. Smash that subscribe button. And stay tuned for the next episode <laughs> of the Startup Diary podcast. <laughs>